0: 119. If I had one verse, let me back up. If I had one book to give you, I'd give you a Bible. If I had one book in the Bible that I would ask you to read every day. It would be the book of Psalms and the book of... And then the second one, and close to it, would be the book of Proverbs. But if there was one verse that I would give you to memorize, to write it down, to read every single day, it would be this verse right here. Psalms 1... 19 verse 165. 165. When you find your place there, say Amen. amen. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing Did you get it? Some of you didn't get it. Nothing shall offend them. One verse. Let's read it together. Ready? Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. My, what a verse. Are you easily offended? Are you a e, are you unhappy? Are you irritated? Are you a bent out of shape Christian? Are you easily offended? My God, help for you tonight. Somnist understood everything he's a writing about. He lived this. He understood it. He understood it fully. But he understood something else. He understood that he coped with it by drinking deep from the well of the Word of God. If there's one chapter in the Bible that would give you more about the Word of God than any book in the Bible, any chapter you will read, it is Psalms 119. It is all about the power of the Word of God. It is all about what it would do for us, what it would do for you. Someone said it's like a cool water from a mountain stream that refreshes parched lips. And said the Scriptures can give a man or a woman... Or a young person, great delight. He said, "It's like a man who finds buried treasures, and the Word of God is a book of buried treasures." The question is, the question is, do we want it? How bad do we want it? Do we want peace? My, what a what a great promise! God has given in His book. My what a not only a promise, but what a source of security there is in the Word of God. And we find three things in this verse. I want you to get tonight. If you get these things, if they truly find a place. And and, and to be honest with you, I, I was talking to a man this morning and. And I love this man, love his family and all the conflict, and my heart just breaks tonight because he could get so much help but he's not here so he doesn't get it. My how God wants to help us, how God wants to help you i i- I wasn't even going to share this, but i I feel maybe I should many of you know just. Last year Brother Ernie died and passed away and and the church up there and and this week alone I've gotten calls from two families in that church. One family I believe is gonna move back to to North Carolina. But all while heartbreaking it is to to talk to that to that precious lady and how she was sharing her heartbreak today and just the church is down to nothing, and and just nothing happening, and just just dead, and and, uh, and and my good folks, can I can I help you? Let's not take for granted what God's given us here. Amen. I, all of us, I I don't want to take I don't want to take for granted you're here tonight, and I don't want to take it for granted God's meeting with us tonight. I don't want to take that lightly. I don't want to miss that. My prayer is you don't miss tonight what God has for you. Three things. Number one, I see a great promise. Notice what he said. Great peace. Now, if he had just said peace, that would be enough, would it not? But he said great peace. The word peace is found 429 times in 400 verses of the Bible. If you visit Jerusalem tonight, you would hear someone say, Shalom, 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 S-H-A-L, shalom. It means this, peace to you, my friend. But it's a mistake to think that they say it that lightly. They don't. It is much richer, it's much weightier than that when they say it. What they're saying is this. Shalom means, I want you to have great peace. I want you to have great prosperity. I want you to be greatly blessed. I want you to have great peace. It has the ideal of of great happiness and contentment most of all. It has the ideal of of being greatly blessed by the Lord. Shalom means I want God just to give you something great is what he's saying. God comes in verse 165 and says this. says, great peace. Great peace. J. Oswald Sanders said, peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God in our life. My, what the Bible has to say about peace. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. First Thessalonians 5:3 When they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction shall come upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. The world does not have a peace. They're longing for peace. They're looking for peace. They're looking for peace everywhere around them. They're looking into the alcohol, the drugs, the the partying. They're looking into materialism. They're looking into power. They're looking into prestige. They're looking for everywhere. And the Bible says they're saying, peace, peace. And God says there'll be no peace. But sudden destruction. Philippians 4, 4, 6 says this, Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. Don't miss this. And the peace of God, peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. See, we, we want this kind of great shalom. We want this great peace that God's given to us. But one of the things we must understand is that it must take a great submission to that peace. As long as we demand our own way, as long as, and, and the greatest enemy to peace is, is this. I, I read an article yesterday. The hardest person I ever led... Read the whole article and come down to it. He said, The hardest person I ever lead is the one I look at the first thing in the morning. <laughs> That's in the mirror, not your wife, sir. Amen. First person, the greatest, the greatest, hardest person you'll ever lead is yourself. Oh, I want you to know. So here's what we do. Here's why we stay in such a mess. We decide what we want to do, what we're going to do, and then we go to God and say, okay, God, would you rubber stamp this with your approval? Yes. Would you rubber stamp this and put your yes on it? Instead of going to God saying, God, what's your will? What's your desire? What's your purpose? What would you have me to do with my life? So C.S. Lewis remarked that there's only two prayers In the universe, my will be done or thy will be done, and everything we pray fits in one of those two two categories: my will be done or thy will be done. Oh, I love this! And there's something not we, we can be human tonight. There's something in all of us that wants to be in control. We want to run the show. We want to set the agenda. We want to be in charge. But how humbling it is when we consider the example of Jesus prostrate before God in heaven, dripping bloody sweat and praying Lord, if it's Thy will, let this cup pass for me, but not My will, but Thy will be done. King of kings and Lord of lords, how much more readily you and I ought to say, God, what is your will for my life? Here's the promise. He said, I'll give great peace. He said, I got great peace. And don't don't miss this. God said, I have great peace to give you. Do you agree with me? We're living in the most anxious world that you have ever seen. I I challenge you to do this. Go to a restaurant when it's busy, and instead of being part of the crowd, just just stand back and watch how they act. The faces they make, comments they make, the ugliness they are, because they're all anxious. You're not one of them hornblowers, are you? Are you one of them hornblowers that gets in line now, poor soul in out making just minimum wage. You come, dang, dang! Because you want him to hurry? Are you a hornblower? Are you? Shame on you, amen. Anxious. Anxious. We're anxious. We're, 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 we're so anxious about everything. God said, I've got great peace. What What a promise. That promise comes, however, and there's three marks to look for when God gives great peace. Mark number one, a clear conscience. Don't miss this. There'll be no peace in anyone's soul as long as we harbor known sin and wrong attitudes. As long as you're willing, I I said it this morning and tried tried to be as clear as I could be. As long as we're holding on to that old baggage of unforgiveness in the past and all of this stuff, you, you'll never know peace. You'll never have it. 1 Timothy 3 9 said, holding the mystery of faith in a pure conscience. Number two, a continued heart. Nothing is robbing us more. Nothing is robbing more of God's people than discontentment. Paul said, now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned, it's not come naturally, gotta learn it. Whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content, has the ideal of a heart that is at rest in the midst of the hustle and bustle of life. It is that individual, it, it is the opposite of the worried, anxious heart. It's the exact opposite of the one that's worried and anxious. Contentment, and one of the greatest, one of the greatest, most damnable things to our peace is this: we cannot get contented with that which God has given us. Here's contentment: when I have what I want and want what I have, and those two things are equal. Is when you get an imbalance. I don't have what I want. And uh, what I want, I don't have. When I, what I want, I don't have. And when I don't have what I want, and those two things are, uh, are uneven. When you, are, when you have what you want, and you want what you have. That, let me be clear about this. When you have a car, and it's the one you want, you're contented. And when you want the car that you do have now, you're contented. I I am thrilled with the car I drive. It has no payment to it. There's nothing in my heart that says we want another one. I'm content, contented with it. Contentment is of great value. And we'll never have a peace, great peace, as long as there's discontentment. I mean you could like that husband, that wife, if you'll get content. There's a contentment. Number three, number three, confidence in God. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. First John two twenty eight Now, little children, abide in him that when he shall appear we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Confidence is this. It is looking back and seeing the hand of God and confidence is in the presence by faith, trusting the hand of God. It's looking back and saying, Boy, I tell you, God's made a way. God's provided. God's paid my bills. God's helped me when I couldn't help myself. God's made a way. It is looking back and bringing into the presence for every need I have right now, every circumstance I have right now. I bring to God and believe Him. That's confidence in God. Now, my, my hair, I am a young man and my hair is snowball white. Would you like to know why it is? Because I do what some of you have done and some of you are doing right now. I was a worry wart. I worried about everything. I worried about the bills. I worried about this. I worried about that. You know why Darlene's hair is not white? She ain't worried a day in her life. (laughs) I don't know if she's ever worried a day in her life. I need to help you. I need to help some of you right now. I used to get mad at her because she didn't. (laughs) How many understand what I'm saying? I didn't get mad at her. I'd say, why? I'm worried. Why do you you need to be worried? I'd get mad at her when she wasn't worried because like I was a worrying. What a great day it was when I understood this, and what a great day in your life when you get a hold of this. God's always took care of everything we needed. I said we needed. I said what we needed. I said what we needed. God never promised to give you everything you want. Because sometimes you don't need everything you want. Amen? But God has promised to always give me every promise to take care of what I need. Guess what he's done down through the years. Now, if I knew then what I know now, my head would probably still be black. You know why? Because now I understand that God, you took care of me yesterday. You took care of me when I couldn't take care of myself. And I want you to know you'll take care of me today. You know how much confidence I've got in that God? I know before I get to tomorrow, hallelujah, before I get to tomorrow, He'll be there. He's already been there. He knows what I'll need. He knows exactly how to fill the needs of all my tomorrows. Tonight... He will give you that same great peace. He wants to give that. But it takes a confidence in God. It takes a confidence that says, I'm going to believe God in my past. How many of you, don't, don't lie now, God give you the itch. How many of you can honestly say with a raised hand, Boy, I look back and God has took care of me over and over and over and over again. Well, that's a two-hander for me because he has. Can I ask you a question? Why in the world don't you think he can take care of you now? Oh, oh, oh my gosh. Did somebody forget to tell God the economy's bad? Oh my goodness, did somebody forget to tell God there's no jobs? Did somebody forget to tell God we got crazy people in the wilds? Did somebody forget to tell God that? Did, did somebody forget to tell God that our circumstances and the craziness of our day? I, I, I hate, to hate, to hate to tell you this. No. Nobody forgot to tell Him he already knows. He already knows. What we need to understand is a confidence in God. God said, "I give you a promise. I'll give you great peace." Now, notice with me. He says this, but there's a priority to this great peace, to this peace and to this promise. There's a priority. There's a condition. Great peace, how they which love thy law. Now, it gives a specific, very specific condition attached to it. This great shalom has the ideal of those who love God's law. And that's a difficult concept for us to grasp sometimes. But let me illustrate it this way. If... If this was a Betty Crocker... Do they still make a Betty Crocker cookbook? If this was a Betty Crocker cookbook, and it was her best one, and you got it, and you would say, Man, I just... I love the cover. Man, I love the recipes. All of them that's in it. Man, I love the back... I love the pictures they got in it. I love the pictures of them, that food that... I don't care how good you cook, it never looks like that. I I love I love that. Boy, I love I love all of that and 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 boy, I just love that cookbook. Boy, I just love it. But then someone hands you your grandmother's cookbook. You don't have a pretty cover over it. The recipes in it's been handwritten. They're not even typed. They got flour and grease spots all over the pages of it, and it's, the edges is just worn, and the, and, the, and the pages is all brown. And you say, "Boy, I really love this cookbook." Now, what's the difference? What's the difference? This one's a book of recipes. This is a book. Someone you loved and someone you watched. You, you remember when she opened that book and, and started reading out them recipes and took that old flowery hand and, 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 and followed down on the page. You remember when she used that. You remember the person of the book. Yep. And you loved that person so you love the book. You know why we're not loving the Bible? We're approaching the Bible like a Betty Crocker cookbook. Boy, I sure do love this book. I love that, I love that soft calfskin covering. I love the pages on here. That's the way you can't approach it. But i tell you what you can do. You can't open this book and be reminded of Nell pierced hands, a pierced side, can open this book and be reminded of the author and who wrote it and say, when he tells me he's going to give me great peace. I read over here in his book, one day he stood on nothing and said, son, I want you right over there. And the son said, yes, sir. And stars over there. He said, yes, sir. And the sky's over here. and, And the fish, he said, you come just this far. Don't you come any further. That same one, that same one. Said he'll give me great peace. He says, I want you to love my law. He said, I want you to love what I'm saying to you. One of the reasons that we're missing this thing. And please, if this is the only way you can do it, do it. But we read the Bible mechanically. I got my two chapters in this morning, in the old and one in the new. And I'm right on date. I made my check mark. And I got her done. What if tomorrow you started reading it and saying, Unto thee lift up mine eyes, O thou that dwellest in the heavens. Hold as eyes of servants look upon the hand of thy master. Eyes of a maiden to the hand of the mistress. So our eyes wait on thee, O oh Lord, till they, that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O oh Lord. Have mercy upon us. For we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with scorn and, and those that are at ease with the contempt of the pride. God, we're just being persecuted. God, don't you see? He is, it's, it's the difference between somebody that reads the Betty Crocker... Or grandma's cookbook, it's all about the person who wrote it. Amen. Yep. Here tonight, he that loves thy law. I, I was, I, it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. Someone said to me the other day, more preacher, those that are held captive with drugs and alcohol, watch the answer. The answer is the Lord. It's the only answer there is. When the Lord turned again our the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dreamed, then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue was singing. Then they then they among the heathen, the Lord had done great things for them. Lord had done great things for us. Wherefore we are glad. Oh, the book has the ideal of a confidence in the Word of God that says it's more. It's more than just book. It is something. I know the author. Here's my desire. My desire for you is this. That as you read your Bible, by the time you get to Deuteronomy, you'll start liking it. By the time you get to Isaiah, you're going to love it. By the time you get to First Corinthians, it ought to be a part of your life. And then by the time you get to Revelation, you realize, I just can't live without it. It's the instruction book of God's divine will for every person here. Let me tell you what I'm, what I'm, what I'm doing. And now and, and I'm sharing this because it's, it's, it's something the Lord put in my heart to do. Last, I shared this at prayer time. I bought a brand new Bible. It's a King James Bible, by the way. So just so you know that. But it's A.W. Tozer Bible. my Probably my favorite writer. And uh, January the 1st, I started reading this Bible. And I'm, I, I highlight my Bible and I write in it. And, and uh, if you don't want to, that's okay. Uh, don't bother me a bit, as long as you don't get bothered by me highlighting mine. And I highlight my Bible and I wrote in it. And I'm reading that Bible this year. And at the end of the year, I got something very, very special. And I done, done, wrote her, done wrote them a note. And, and at the end of the year, I'm going to put it back in the box. And that's going to be a Christmas gift that I'm going to give them. Then I'm going to ask them to read it and love the God of that book as much as I'm loving reading it. You know what i want to do? I'm going to love the, the God of the book. Great peace have they which love Law and but the power, and this is so unexpected. The power, the promise is great peace, the priority is they which love thy law. But notice the power of this, and nothing. Nothing. You look at any dictionary anywhere in the world, you look up nothing, and guess what it means? Nothing. It means nothing. <laughs> nothing shall offend them. Whoa. Have you ever been offended? Hey, you young people, do you get offended at school sometimes? Do you do the offending sometimes? Mom and Dad, do you get offended? Church member, do you get offended? Here's the promise. Here's the priority. And you know what God said? And nothing shall offend them. Now, you'd say... I, I just don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can do that. You can if you understand what that word of thin" means. Here's what it means. It means this. It means to stumble over. Here's what he's saying. And I'm not changing the Bible. This is what he said. He said, and nothing that comes into your life, you'll stumble over. Didn't say we wouldn't get our feelings hurt. Didn't say we wouldn't get our feelings offended. But here's what he did say. Great peace have those who love thy law, and nothing shall, will they stumble over. In other words, when we're falsely accused, we won't stumble over it. When we're ridiculed for our faith, we won't stumble over it. When we're struggling with temptation, we won't struggle over it. When we're bothered by failures of others in our life, we'll not stumble over it. When we face hard times and bad circumstances, we won't stumble. When we're bothered by the arguments of skeptics, we won't stumble. When we're consumed with worry and fear, we won't stumble. When we're troubled by the tragedies and chaos of this world, we won't stumble. When we feel unequal to the task set before us, we won't stumble. When we, when we lose a loved one like Miss Kanye has this week, I promise you, if she'll love God's Word, she won't stumble. Doesn't mean we won't feel it. It means we won't stumble over it. A whole lot of people are stumbling. Oh, Even in the worst moments of our life God said great peace to them that love thy law And nothing shall offend them They won't stumble I told you this story years ago Years ago I was working in a factory They had cut off the lights in the finishing room and here I went back through there like I always go, wide open. Somebody had left a whole bunch of Ottomans out in the middle of the floor. And here I went, eyes are falling, stumbling all over them things. You know why? Because it was dark and I couldn't see. Let me just say this. Great peace are they that love thy law. And that law, that word of God will give you a light that yes, you may you may fall, but you won't stumble, you won't he won't stop you. You won't quit. You won't give up. You'll keep on going on for the glory of God, and nothing shall offend them. When we get in this book, God will teach us not to be easily offended. I love this. Did you know above the clouds, Miss Shirley? You just got back from Texas. And you flew, I'm sure. Isn't it amazing? No matter how cloudy and dark it is here, when you get up above the clouds, the sun's always shining. Isn't it beautiful? You know what God's just saying? God said, no matter what kind of sadness you face here this morning, above the clouds, the sun, the S-O-N, is always a shining. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall Offend them. That's all standard of Eden.